ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. Waza! <laughs> By the way, those oh things worked God. out nice last time. I was like, oh, we sound it's real, like legit. Super professional. Yeah, we did. And then it got to the point where I'm the guy that's got the show. What am I doing here? <laughs> Man, it's good to see you, brother. Yeah, you So how too. was your Father's Day weekend? Oh, fantastic. The kids just lavished me with gifts and <laughs> cards that they had probably written months ago, you know, and really thought out and, you know. Be honest, they yeah, totally it, fucking forgot it, it was yeah, Father's exactly. Day. <laughs> I got three texts, you know, throughout the day. Happy Father's Day. You know, oh my God! Uh, it's like, well, you know, you got to go with some short wins, and and <laughs> the fact that they even remembered, uh, you know, whether that was triggered by some billboard they saw, you know, make sure you tell your dad Happy Father's Day today or <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But it was good. It had the kids over. Uh, one of my oldest is he's traveling with some buddies right now, so he wasn't there. But um, had my dad over Did you have three and bro- kids? three kids. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So two of them were there, and we went out to eat, and had my dad and brother over, and Michelle, and oh, so it cool. was good. It was a good, good day all that's around. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah, so I saw saw you were out with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yep. I had a really good weekend. Yeah. Uh, went hiking in Eureka Springs. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I really had a really yeah. good time. Yeah, really good time. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, came back uh, early uh, Sunday morning, and uh, um. Got the you know kids went out and had yeah. what did we eat? Where did we go? Oh, Cafe Gratitude that vegan, oh yeah vegan the crossroads uh-huh, yeah yeah down to Cafe Gratitude. I've never eaten there but it's a cool spot. Oh, it's really cool spot. Is that the place where you you determine kind of what to pay or it's they're re- they're recommended they're recommended or something prices or or something? I remember there was something odd about their pricing model or something. Yeah, I don't know if it's there, but I know that this particular place like every dish has a very affirming name. Like okay. I ordered a dish called I'm wholehearted. Interesting. And then my son ordered a dish called um, I'm warm hearted. And then yeah. my daughter ordered a, a dish called you're sensational. So when and they come, they'll say, oh, I, you're wholehearted. And then you're sensational. I get it. Cafe gratitude. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. The whole thing is yeah. all about. You're going to leave gratitude. with a smile on your face yes. and feeling good about yourself. The, yeah. And all the staff super friendly. Yeah. It's it's just a really yeah. it's a neat experience. Okay. You know, even if you're not a vegan. Um, <laughs> the food's delicious. Oh, right. I forgot it's vegan. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Delicious. Um, I will say this in, in, in all fairness, if you're a normal American eater and you eat at cafe gratitude, it will move you. Wow. It will move you in a serious it, it's way. Interesting is, is, you know, I know our topic today is just talking about this, but it's, you know, whenever I hear you say vegan, my mind wants to jump into the project myself there and i think yeah. i'm like you know i'm not i'm a i'm all american you know meat and potatoes kind of guy yeah. but i will say that you know we're, we're not good about uh you know kind of projecting what the future is going to be like and i have i do have enough sense based on some vegetarian meals that i've had in the past that they're not just bland and feel like you're eating grass it's like there's a lot of flavor a to these things and you come out you're kind of like man vegetarian's not that bad yeah yeah, it's really good. I mean, everything's just made fresh. Yeah. Even the drinks, because they serve oh, okay. alcohol. Like okay. it's all that crafty. When they say that's a margarita, it's it's. There's no mix in it. Yeah. It is literally all fresh wow. ingredients. And even some of it, I think, like they grow their own herbs and everything. Like it's that's cool. You know, it's it's so good. It was what, so. Good. What was uh, Eureka like? Eureka Springs. Yeah. Beautiful. Have it's, you been to Eureka Springs? I, I don't know if I have. I'm telling you, you Michelle, I got to go there. I know that big statue thing that I saw a picture of you yeah, by. Yeah, but 67 I. 67 foot Jesus statue. Okay. It, top 10, you know, the Brazil in Rio uh, 
Brazil. Oh, yeah. The Statue of Jesus yes. is the most famous one. Yes. This is pretty much like that. Wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. no, Eureka Springs is is definitely a an underrated little getaway. Is it in Arkansas? Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, okay. It's in Arkansas. So there's a, the Arkansas Wait, uh, Hills. There's lots yeah. of. Is it right down by Bentonville and and not on, too awfully far? Uh, okay, from there. we maybe passed. I think maybe we through there. Yeah, we probably passed through there. Then maybe that's where yeah. I think I know. Okay, a lot of cool sites. Went yeah. to a, a a cave there. Wow. Um, of course, saw the statue of Jesus. Did a lot of hiking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just, just literally. I I just had so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. Place. You keep you keep doing fun times outings like this. Somebody's gonna lock you down. I know. <laughs> You know? I know if I'm not careful, yeah, I know, I might not be single anymore. Yeah. You never know. One of these girls that I've gone out with yeah. might just fall in love with me. You, Timmy, boy, I tell you what, that'll that'll be the day of the oh. podcast. I can't wait. We're gonna bring that person you on and what? interview him. That'll be, you know what? That will be interesting. Whenever that that day happens, I had someone ask me the other day. They said, you know, do you think you're having so much fun? Do you think you know? Could anybody get you locked down? Yeah. And you know, Lance, I've said this before. I'm a lover, you know, and I was in a relationship for 25 years. Sure. And, and I really had a great marriage. I really did. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now I'm single. And so I'm, this is, I'm single. So I'm just having fun, yeah. living life, meeting people, going on yeah. dates, you know, doing the deal. Um, but when I really think about what I want my life to look like moving forward, um, well, of course. And I think most people, I'm not most, a lot of singles. I mean, I think we all want to find that special. Someone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But um, that's going to be a special someone. And here's what I've found to be very unique. Not only are they going to have to be special to me, but I'll have to be special to them. Mm. That's, that's the part of the challenge. Well, I that's think. the magic, right? That's the magic. Yeah. It's like, and I'm, you know, there's been lots of girls that, that I've gone out with that, that I fell in love with quote unquote. Yeah. And, and maybe they didn't reciprocate. Right. And right. then there's been a lot of girls that they thought they were in love with me and, right. and I wasn't feeling it. So right. yeah, you're right. It's the magic whenever it's like, right. I'm really very interested in them and they're very interested in me. Yeah. That's when it's magical. What's the, um, I'm going to think of this. What's the, what's the percentage of people roughly, I know you, you not tallied it up, but yeah. in your mind of, you know, people who have been divorced that you date compared to people who have never been married. And, and then my yeah, follow-up to that is the people that you've been divorced in your dating or time, does it, does the topic come up pretty quickly? You know, so, you know, what, what happened, you know, they ask you what happened oh, yeah. to your marriage, you know, yeah. because it does give you a lot of insight into that person. It's not like you're just, you know, it's the old, uh, you know, when someone's got some gossip at the church, you know, and it's like, you know, what is it so we can pray for them? Right. Right. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's your little tactful way of, you know, getting into their business because you don't really care about praying for them. Right, you just no, want to. Right. But, you, you know, know skinny. Yeah. You know, like, dirty. It, and I think for me, when I always pick, ask people, I did want I was curious because it just gave me insight into that person's, sure. you know, what failed for them, what worked for them, what didn't, yeah, you know. They yeah. And it, it's, it, you know, you get a lot of bang for your buck out of that question. Sure. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the, the women that I date that, um, you know, when, you know, cause they're still at KU it's, uh, no, geez, <laughs> just kidding. So I went through that. They're phase. still finding themselves <laughs> in college. So it's right. They haven't been married yet. They're so young. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. The majority have been married. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of the women that I've yeah. dated, they have been married. Okay. Yeah. So, there's, so there's does the question come up a lot or does that not an angle that you usually take? Cause you, it's not really something that's interesting to you in the beginning. Yeah, the first date or so, I I don't really. I mean, right. I'll to ask about you know were they married and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I don't really ask you know what yeah. happened. Uh, usually, that's a date or two later if we've had enough conversations over yeah. the phone. I am like you. I'm very curious. Sure. What happened? Sure. And here's the thing that that because I I'm very honest. I'm very blunt oh, about what happened. Yeah. Um. 
up front, if they ask me like first date, ask me, I'm not going to tell them the whole story, but if, if it's a serious person, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll fill you in on yeah. my story. Um, because I don't, if someone's going to judge me for the end of my marriage, like every marriage, if you've been married and divorced, it, it ended for some reason, Yeah, you know, and yeah. hopefully you've just grown from it Yeah, uh, and learn. But yeah, I definitely, if they've been married before, I'm very interested in, in their story because it, like you said, it tells me a lot about them. And also I'm looking to see if, where they're going. If they're the, blaming if they're if right. If it was it tells all you a lot their, about how they're going to see the future. If they're like a blamer, if, if all five of their marriages was they were married to a narcissist, <laughs> right. I'm like, nah. right. You know, hopefully you, you, you can take some ownership here. You know what you said that's very interesting to me, and I I had this image and metaphor in my mind as as you were saying. It's like when because you said on the first date, you know, it's like you kind of you know give ten percent of it or something, you know, and you're not going to give it all away. And it's it's interesting when you meet someone later in life, right? Like because I look back on my time with Michelle and and you slowly unravel their story over a period of time and it could be two to three years in, you know, but in the beginning, it's kind of like you hear, you hear a few names that are you're like, hold on, who's Wait, Bill again? Who's Jenna? Or, you know what I mean? Right, like right. that's my cousin. Okay. Oh, right. You guys always went to Oklahoma together. To, you know, it's, it's like you, you're carrying around this little, you know, pocket notebook of, of memories yeah. and that have been instrumental to where you've, come today and you're both of you, your lives are intersecting at this point. Right. Yeah. And so you're trying to kind of play catch up for the last, however many 40, 50, whatever it is, you know, yeah. with that person, because you've not been involved in their lives and there's been so much of life that they've lived. I mean, for me, it's unique experience because here I am in love with this person and, and building a marriage and everything. And it's like, they've already lived half their lives without me, yeah. you know, which, which as we know, and you know, and, make a segue into happiness, you know, a lot of our happiness and how we view the way things are going to be in the world are based yeah. off of memories of the past and yeah. us reconstructing them. And sometimes we don't do a good job of that, but you know, just think about even when someone says their name, you know, if it's a name that you had a bad experience with, I can't remember the girl's name. I hope there's no lilies out there, but if you are it, I think the girl's name was Lily, but I remember she used to wear bright orange fingernails like it was hot pink or something fluorescent like level. Yeah. And she played soccer. So I always remember someone said, I'd been like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, then when I would date someone, Lily, I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, or I, maybe someone said, we're going to name our kid Lily. But immediately my mind goes to Lily with hot, you know, and I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. You know, but those <laughs> memories shape the way that you see the future. Right. Yeah. And, and so much of that is, you know, little things that, you hear that person says on dates, you're kind of reconstructing your past to think, what was my experience of yeah. what she's saying or he's saying <laughs> in the back? And was that a good experience or a bad one? Yeah. You know, I, I had that's a, happening all the time, oh my right? Gosh. The computers are just flowing on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> and my first, so it's been two years since my divorce in the first year, I remember I, I matched with someone <laughs> and her name was my ex's name, which is oh. not a very, was not a very familiar name. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't know. Right. That's tough. Know. Yeah. You know, it's like, can you yeah. change your name? What's yeah. your middle name? Can we go by that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was just like, a, I don't know why it was, it was just weird. Cause there's no bad blood between me and my ex. But right. It was just, it, was it just is. It's just feeling, awkward. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, so I know last week we said, you know, let's, let's talk about happiness. And yeah. I know that it's been an interesting concept for me, I think just in my own journey, because 
it's not that if you would have asked me years ago, you know, well, what are, what are you looking for? I'd have been like, just to be happy. I never would have said that. Right. But I also know that deep down, you know, I think our, our good friend C.S. Lewis says this, right? It's like every man is is just trying to achieve happiness, even right. the one who hangs himself. Interesting. You and know, what, be, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I would interrupt. I guess this is a, a thing that I'm curious what, what you would say. What is happiness? Well, I think that's a great, I, I, I think we well, let's try to define it a little bit together. I think that it's one. I think it's a projection in the future of something that hasn't happened yet. And yeah. the reason, and it doesn't. So I'm just thinking out loud here. I also think it's very subjective, right? Right. Your, let's just call it an eight, is is your eight, and an eight for you is happy, and right. my eight's a happy. But my eight could be completely different than your eight, but right. we're using the same language. So it's a very subjective sure. experience, right? Even though we try to put language around it. I also think that that happiness is we're usually probably describing the experience and not maybe necessarily some of the surrounding context that went into it or the actions that led up to that point. It's yeah. it's usually about something, you know. But but I think that, you know. It, it's an interesting concept because how do you, it's obviously a positive feeling, right. but I also think that it gets constructed based off of good moments that you've had in the past that you're kind of applying like that felt good. My, that was an eight back there and this looks like it's going to be an eight, but I don't know that can, does happiness happen in the present moment or is it always a past thing that you were evaluating that you would classify as language? You know, we went here and it was a great, if I said in a year from now, something about Eureka Springs, you'd be like, oh, it's a great place. It's awesome, yeah. Because yeah, you've had, you had a great experience there. So I don't know. Is that, does any of those things resonate with you? Yeah. I mean, I think on one hand, when I think of happiness, I mean, it clearly, I mean, it, there's, a feeling is attached, right? Mm -hmm. I can, you can feel happy or feelings yes. of joy or yeah. feelings of elation. Certainly I, like a dopamine is probably released like or serotonin, something. Yeah, yeah. serotonin, kind of a, yes. Something that makes you feel happy. And, and but I think that ha true happiness, now I'm getting into my pastoral mode of years ago, true happiness is something that comes from the inside out. In other words, if my happiness is determined upon, well, your happiness well, that's fucked up. Or if my yeah. happiness is determined about the money I make or the car I drive or the, the shoes I wear or the girlfriend I have or the whatever. Right. Because I think in, in coaching, my coaching business, there have been several clients of mine. And I'll just be honest. I don't know how else to say this, except I was just so frustrated working with certain people. Cause I'm like, he's good looking. He drives a cool car. Yeah. He's got a motorcycle. He has a fucking boat. He works four days a week and makes 125,000 yeah. a year. Why the fuck aren't you happy? You know, <laughs> right. like in my mind, I'm just like, what, what, what is, is wrong in the, not wrong, but what's yeah. Where not, the wires gotten yeah, crossed. Where are the wires not crossed to where the things that I measure happiness is, you know, I got a roof over my head, a warm bed, da, da, yeah. hot food, da, right. you know, I, yeah. whatever. Like I look at these things and I go, how could I not be happy? Right. I mean, I have the basic necessity. So that's why I think it is subjective because if I, if happiness is 200,000 and I'm only making a hundred thousand. Yeah. Well then, then I haven't achieved happiness yet. Right. So I think how you define happiness will determine whether you have happiness or not. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think that you, the person who's always defining it by, 
you know, when I get you, you meet, fill in the blank, you know, that person's just going to, you're like, it's not going to be a good ending for you, my friend. Yep. And that's it's where the carrot in front of the, yes. it's like you never quite get there. Yes. Which is why, uh, you know, the, the, um, I think his name's Dan Gilbert stumbling upon happiness. I recommend the book highly, um, is a deep dive psychologically a little bit into, and I love the title into and the, how the brain, but he called it stumbling upon happiness. And for a, in the beginning, when I read it, it came highly recommended from you know Tim Ferriss and all these guys. You know, they were all you know talking about it. This is on you know, oh, it's a great book, and he's been on um, Shankar Vedantam's uh, Hidden Brain podcast a few times. You know, and I've loved listening to him. But he's a psychology professor at Harvard, and but he just talks about it in such a real way. But when I picked up the book, I I, I don't know if I just didn't pay attention enough to the title or not. But as I started reading through it, I was like, this is definitely a different take on happiness than I had thought the book was going to go. I had read some other books out there. I think one of the guys name, it was like an orange book. It was like, his name was like acorn or something oh, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I like, I book. yeah. And his was more of a tactical thing. Like these are things you ought to be doing that give you energy. Gilbert's book was much different than that. It really was more psychologically how our brain derives happiness, oh. how we're not really good at it as individuals of, of looking into the future and understanding what happiness looks like. And, you know, he, have you ever seen that little mental trick where people will put that line, they'll put a, a little line on a piece of paper and it'll have two little arrows at the end of the line. And they're, they're, some of them look like a bow and like a bow and arrow, you know, like they're, they're, they're like I could throw it and the tip would go into the wall either right. way, you know, the point, the tip is out. The other one is inverted, right? So it's like the little lines are out. And when you put them up next to you, I say, which one, to, tell me which, which one of the line in the middle is longer. You say, immediately you go to the one where the tip is inverted. Oh. But when you look at them and you put them directly under each other, they're exactly the same way. But it's the way that he uses that example to say it's the way that your brain fools yourself into yes. seeing things the way that that it needs to see them. You know, right, right. the brain and the eye have this kind of contractual relationship of trying to figure things out. Yeah. You're seeing something, but it looks longer, but in reality, it's the same size. Another yeah. example that he gives in there and, and he uses this example. He says, when they do the card trick and he fooled me, like even I think I read it the second time, you know, and I was like, damn, he fooled me again. <laughs> but he, he puts like, Five. She told me once, shame on you. Right, fooled me twice. Right. Wait, what is that? <laughs> right. And he put like five cards out there, a jack, the queen. They were all in, in red, and they all had maybe the same suit or something. I don't remember. I'm not that big of a card player. But he said, pick your card. So I picked my card. And then you turn the page, and he said, is your is your uh, card not in there? And, and I was like, yeah, uh, or he said, I don't know. But he said, no. And the point is that, nobody's card was in there because your brain focused on the color and the fact that they were just face cards. And so he just picked five new face cards that weren't even in the original deck. But what you thought was that five, four of the cards were the same. It was just your card that was gone. And it was like, how did he know which one I picked? Well, everybody thought that because and everybody picked a different card. But again, it's the way he, he brings it up as an example, the way to say, your brain processes information that it has and tries to make sense out of it all the time. And we've all heard the expression, the, you know, the, 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 the blind spot, right? right? And that technically is comes from that little place, I guess, between the brain and the eye 
the optical nerve or something. I don't right. know. But where it has the eye is transmitting information to the brain and the brain's trying to make sense out of what you see ahead of you. You right, know, is right. is this a dog or is this just a big block? You know, or you we see sure, shapes, right? Sure. And you're like, looks like a duck over there. And you get over there, it's just a stick with a you know, part of it was bent to look like the head or something. Right. It's like your brain's trying to make sense out of patterns and all that. And he uses those examples to just build the concept up that we aren't really good sometimes at figuring things out because we don't have all the information and the context and all that is very important. And he applies it to happiness. And and, and that where I come back to the title of the book, he says we stumble upon happiness yeah. because we are not thinking about it and coming about it in the right way. And I think this has huge implications for professional growth life. It has huge implications for, uh, you know, aspirations of what you think your marriage is going to be like, what your future spouse is going to be like, all those things. And I know we talk about those a lot all the time. All the time you know, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that's I think it's a beautiful thing. And I've seen a lot of those those uh, examples of yeah, those how, hacks. yeah, those little mental hacks where the line yeah. looks like it's longer. And then the, it, and you're just like, no, I that for sure that line is yes. longer. And then they show you and it's like, no, it's exactly the same. Or yeah. you'll even measure it. I've even got a tape. Measure. Yeah. I'm like, Holy shit. It's the exact same, but it looks longer. Yeah. So. I think there, well, I've, I've read this, but I also think this is true in real life, in my own life anyway, that my level of gratitude and thankfulness is equal to my level of happiness. In other words, when I am in a state of gratitude and thankfulness, mm -hmm back to the, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be happy if I have 200,000 or I'll be happy right. with this size house. Right. I think when you can, it's almost like when people say, you know, just have no expectations, just lower your expectations. That way, anything that happens above the line of no expectation, <laughs> right. you're happy. Right? right. And, and that's so true that if yeah. you come at something and go, I have zero expectations. I literally am just showing up to just do whatever. I right. don't care. Right. And if it, if something good happens, you're like, well, what? like that, that went, that exceeded my expectations yeah. because I had no expectation. Yes. And so I think there's a, you know, I think there's a balance there. I think we should expect certain things, but, um, I, I think there's, I, for me personally, when I up my gratitude and thankfulness, mm -hmm. I notice that I'm just autumn. Yeah. I stumble upon happiness. Yeah. I notice I'll wake up happier okay because i'm just more grateful of, i like it of the things i have in yeah. my life the people in my life and yeah. or, or whatever and it seems to really keep me elevated yep. in the level of happiness and i mean i've had my moments dear lord i mean you know i live life and i've had situational i rarely yeah. i'll be honest just still from my own observations i rarely unless you're just a great faker yeah. i you're i find you highly energetic and and yeah, happy you're you're and you you have a great equilibrium emotionally you know what i mean it's not yeah. like you're kind of like hey yes well oh, you yeah. know i'm done <laughs> why are you texting me you know you're always pretty you uppity. always yeah eight to a ten you know on the energy level you know i love yeah, that you know yeah. and so um, it's the cocaine no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm but, teasing everybody i do i do not do cocaine like i'd smoke weed but no cocaine but i'm wondering if it is some of you know back to i'll call it the spiritual disciplines because it's that inner orientation of gratitude yes. that that kind of keeps you that place right and it's like if you kind of if you kind of think about life from those lenses yeah. it's it's it, it automatically makes you kind of have a positive um 
outlook or, yes. you know, in, uh, on whatever you're looking at, because you're going to drag, okay, what do I need to think about here? That, that's gratitude. The other thing I thought was interesting. I'm interested in your thoughts on this because I know you've, you've done some things on meditation and some of that was just the, the whole, one of the principles that came out of Buddhism that I read that was just so fascinating to me was the whole concept of suffering. Yeah. You know, when we apply something or project something onto a situation that's not there, and then it doesn't turn out like we thought, then then it comes back to what you said. It's like, well, you had you started with expectations and it didn't pull through for you. And so now you're frustrated. And so we suffer then from those feelings of angst and stuff, right? I think the same concept happens in in happiness that we're talking about. And that is, you know, well, jump into a lot of different things here. But I think, you know, for one of the things that Michelle and I struggled with when, when we, uh, I think both of us, well, part, let me, I'm all over the place. Let me say this. Happiness, we know, has a subjective component to yes. it. And so her memories of the past and her marriage, my memories, which didn't failed, right? My marriage in the past failed. Both have a, probably good things and bad things or whatever. But sure. certainly that little memory book that we're carrying in our back pocket has a lot written in those pages during that time, right? Yeah. Well, now her her and I lives intersect and, and you know, you're dating as well and in in lives intersect you know so now you pull out this book and you're trying to kind of figure out and apply meaning to the current relationship which seems good based on the subjective experience that we both had from bad experiences in the past and trying to kind of determine what's this new thing mean to me you know um but and so that's where that whole concept of suffering is difficult because it's very tough to come into a situation from kind of just like zero expectations is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, anyway, what are your thoughts well, on that? There's that, there's the, I think of that, uh, is, I think it's a parable, right? And I can't, it, my mind's a little vague on the the story. I mean, I, the, the story's clear in my mind, but I can't like think of where it's at. I'm sure it's in the gospel, New Testament somewhere, but it's that story of where they, the, the workers that come in, the ones that come in and work all day got 10 bucks. And then those that came in oh, the last right. hour, they, they all- got, 10 bucks too. Yeah. And what was wild is the people that were the, that got upset were the people that had been working all day and got 10 bucks, which was the same amount that the people that came in the last hour and got 10 bucks. Right. And what was fascinating was those that came in at the beginning of the day were told, yeah, you're going to get 10 10 bucks bucks. for working all day. And they were totally for it. Yeah. (laughs) And, but they, but they got upset later because the expectation changed based upon what the people that came in last minute were getting. Spot so on. to me, I, and part of, and you know, I'm far from a perfect person. Clearly, I guess my either I've stumbled upon a way I'm wired a certain way to where I would have been hired early in the day and worked all day. And would have thought, well, agreed to do this for 10 bucks. He gave me 10 bucks. I'm right. totally happy. Right. I don't care that that guy got 10 bucks. I don't care about that guy. Right. All I care about is what I agreed right. to is what I got. Right. So, so that story was a very interesting story. Cause in my mind, I remember thinking, well, those motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you upset? You agreed to work all day for 10 bucks and you're getting your 10 bucks. Like, so anyway, I, I, I say that to then I think of a, a someone I used to be friends with. It was like nothing was enough. Mm. Like, like he, you know, making a hundred seventy five thousand dollar a year salary, got a forty thousand dollar bonus, and mm-hmm. yet was never happy 
about it and was right. always bitching and complaining about and I remember as an outsider going what yeah you're like yeah. how can you not be yeah. happy which I think for me is one of the reasons that I like I wanted to explore this topic because yeah. I kept thinking what is it then like if I'm truly if I'm trying to pursue this little gym golden nugget of happiness and i see things like that because in my mind i probably projected myself it's like if i can just make a little bit more if i had this or whatever i'll be happy that's what really kind of led me down this path of like what how do we get to the place where we can really help people find happiness yeah you and know man what a, this this is a great topic and ever since we talked about it last week that we said we we're going to talk about it um because i value happiness i value joy and yeah it's, it's something that i i don't i don't know exactly how to define the the emotion of it you know that that not just the chemicals that are released but yeah. to be able to say you know this is happiness because like you I think it is very subjective. What oh. what's happiness to you is different from what's happiness to our friend Steve Janky. Steve Janky. <laughs> Jerry. Well, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, what what defines happiness for different people? I think it, it is different. And so I think when we come back after this short commercial break, is maybe to help people really dig deep and to look within and define what is happiness for yeah. me. And for, I mean, mean, meaning that like for not just me, Timmy or me, Lance, yeah. but me, Jerry, me, Steve, yeah. me, Rick, yeah. Tommy, Sally, yeah. whatever, what is happiness for you? I also think the language that we use is very important because sometimes we just say, how was dinner? Good. Right. And that doesn't cut it. Right. No. Coming back to stumbling upon happiness. Yeah. Which, which, which can I, I like say that. real quick is, I think this is the right language. It's kind of a double entendre. Yeah. It's you there isn't just an act that happens and you're happy you kind of right. stumble upon Do it this and, and you're right right but so there's that angle but there's also the you stumble you trip up on it right too because we don't necessarily always know what creates happiness in our brains and how that all works so that's why i love the title there a little bit because i think that happens for all of us in both ways yeah well i think i think it's the same thing with like working out if you if you want to be in shape isn't it isn't just I'm going to decide I'm in shape and voila, I'm right. in shape. <laughs> right. And, and you don't, you don't accidentally, I like the, that it says stumble rather than accident, right? Yeah. It's not like it's an accident. Yeah. It's, it is an intentional yeah. uh, decision. Yep. There's a conscious, things, yep. you know, so in other words, if you want to be in shape, yep. you know, eat right, exercise, and it's an automatic result of those two things that right. you will see some, uh, benefit in your physical right uh, of course like yeah there's no way that it can't if you yeah. do certain things you will get benefits even if you're there at the gym regretfully and you don't want to be there and you're bitching and moaning about it if you're doing the exercises and you're doing the proper nutrition you will benefit so now remember, now yeah. let me say this and and i think this is a key i love your example of the working out thing and i didn't know this before but michelle saw me this she said one thing that people, because she's, she has low body fat and she's always been able to retain muscle real well. Yeah. So we, 
people are always like, I love your back or you got great arms. Or my friends, <laughs> their, their wife called her arms. Are you still dating arms? That's what she would call her. And she just she did have great arms, by the way. I remember seeing it. And she's she's yeah. cut real well. Right. You right. know, but and so I said, she says the thing that I that other people don't realize is that and Michelle's been in the gym life forever. She was a personal trainer for a while. She's taught group fitness for 25 years, blah, blah, blah. Right. And she always says that what people don't realize is that you can go through all the actions, but your body type matters. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and she, people hold muscle better than other people. And, you know, and Michelle was always not, she, you know, people probably thought that she was eating tofu and, you know, and protein shakes and, you know, it's perfect all the time. And it's, sure. she doesn't, she's healthy, but not all the time, but it's just, and I think it comes back to kind of our point is that you also have to be realistic with not saying that you're going to look just like that guy on the front of men's health. If oh, I do this, no you have to, you have to do it, but you also have to be understand that the future is open and there's some things that are left open to interpretation or the results might be slightly different than, yes. than what you think. And so if you get there and you're like, this is a freaking failure, right. that's when people drop off the happiness train because I feel like they th- they put an expectation on it and it didn't turn out like that. And so now they're ready to quit because they don't think the process works. That's good. It's an unrealistic expectation. I think it, to go back to the fitness thing, there's nothing that I could do. I could follow Arnold Schwarzenegger, the future, the former Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was younger, I could have eaten exactly like he did, taken the growth hormones, taken all the, and still not look like that. Right, right. <laughs> In other words, right. He was a genetic yes. anomaly, right? right? Small waist, big, broad shoulders. Right. I could have worked out three times as hard and not even competed with that. Exactly. So there is that part the wiring and how genetics i mean that that all i think plays a, a part in everything contentment and gratitude come into play there absolutely and so what you do so everybody has to to figure out what you have to define it for you yeah. what is happiness for you Good, great for point. example for me a vacation is not go 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 from sun up to sundown to jumping on this tram going to this train <laughs> right. going to this site right. going through this line going to this and riding a roller coaster and then get back ah, come back to the hotel now right. for some people that's yeah absolute that's the best ever yeah me no i yeah. want to get up i want to walk my ass down to the beach mm-hmm. i want to sit in a chair and just watch the water for mm-hmm. a couple hours mm-hmm. drink my coffee and journal yeah. And oh, then yeah. come back and make some breakfast. And maybe, you know, if I'm with someone, have sex yeah, and, right. and then go back down to the beach and just hang out. And that is happiness for me. Yeah. But to go, 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 that is not happiness. So, so, disc- so when you say that's how ha- I'm trying to dig into it so I can, so I understand my good friend Timmy Gibson a little yeah. bit more. When you, so you gave me all the actions. Yeah. And I'm trying to imagine them, right? But, but I'm, applying my own subjective experience on it, you know, like for you, you probably are thinking Destin because you go there a lot. (laughs) And I'm thinking Sanibel because that's really my, I've been there a few times on the beach. So everybody, when you say beach has got their own. So so I'm trying to dig into a little bit further, understand how, so what I describe, go a layer deeper into happiness for Timmy Gibson. Describe to me what's happening there. I get it that it's not frenetic and you're just sightseeing and all this. It's, it's chill, but what is it doing for you? What's that, that doing for you? I think because on some level I live a somewhat hectic life okay. in the sense of, you know, I run, I have four yeah. different things I'm involved in and, and I'm busy and I'm yeah. going a lot of places and responding to a lot of people. And I'm at, you know, I'm doing four and five, six, sometimes eight weddings a weekend. Yeah. So for me, 
it's I like to relax. I see. You know, and so yeah. there's the relaxing, the peaceful, like you say, it's calm, it's serene, it's reflective, is very happiness for me. And and going back to the the defining happiness for yourself and making sure that you're doing certain things that can lead you there. For me, when I first went through the divorce a couple of years ago, I had experienced more sadness than I've ever experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very disconcerting for me because I've always been a just a happy go lucky guy. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, it, it was a real blow to my, to me, you know, that here's, I'm always mm. happy. Cause and, your identity in your yes, mind was, I'm a happy I'm guy, a happy guy. And now I am not you're, really you're happy. happy. I'm yeah. very sad. Yeah. So I remember that I started reading books. I didn't have a TV for seven months okay. so, yep. because I knew that I needed to force myself. Cause like anybody, I could have started drinking. I could have started just staying up right. late watching TV, right. and, but I knew that wouldn't help me. And so right. what I started to do personally, and I do think that these two things would literally help anybody that does it. One is when I went to bed, I, one, I didn't go to bed right after TV. I would turn off the TV, turn off electronics. I would read or mm-hmm. whatever, some good positive book or something fun, mm-hmm. but I would listen all through the night, eight hours of positive affirmation. So even after you went to sleep, it yes, was still it was filling subconscious the all through the night. So it's when people talk about working out, going to the gym, I was on almost unable. It's like, if you told me I had to do this, this, and this to be happy or to get myself back, I'd mm-hmm. be like, Oh my God, that sounds like so much work. But when I heard I could just subconsciously while I was sleeping, <laughs> yeah, better my subconscious mind. I was like, well, I'm all for that. The less effort that I have to do to get out of this slump, the better. Right. right. So all through the night, eight hours of just you're beautiful and life's going to, it's good. You know, right. love's coming your way and you know, right. just all that women stuff. love you. Oh, women, women love think you. you're hot. <laughs> women love your hair. Women love your tattoos. Women, women want to touch you, Timmy. <laughs> women, the favorite name queried for men is Timmy. You know, just, <laughs> just positive affirmations all, all night. Through the I, night. Can, that's what I see now. <laughs> and then in the morning I woke up and it was Louise. Hay. she's like a grandma. She's actually passed away now, but, her name is Louise Hay, and she had a good morning uh, affirmation, okay. about a 20-minute affirmation. And literally, like t- at this point, when I play, I still, every once in a while, still play that in the morning. Because I did it for two years straight without missing a single day. Okay. First thing I did, I'd wake up, I'd reach over and push play on my phone, and hear Louise Hay would say, good morning. Oh, Isn't yeah. it a beautiful day? Yeah. And you're alive. Yeah. That's a, you know, just, that's cool. And, oh, it was so cool. And I yeah. just, I'd sometimes sit there and I would just be f- overwhelmed with happiness because yeah. I'm like, I slept in a warm, I had sheets. Yeah. I have, I have water, clean water. Yeah. I can take a hot shower. Like it made me just realize that, you know what? I have every ingredient for a happy life. So let me, as you're saying that I'm really interested now is because someone else might do that. In, in, and it may not garner the same results, yeah. right? So, but it, but it's the way we're wired as humans, it's going to do something. You know, sure. people are going to be like, this is depressing to me. I mean, it's just not, it's just not natural. Is the goal then to do some sort of activity that releases? And I know you didn't have some meter hooked up to you to know if serotonin or dopamine was sure. being released, but I'm wondering if, because you were describing that, I think I have my morning routine and I used to enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. You know, it's I get up and, and read the news. I like to get something stimulating going and I like to get something that kind of gets me focused on 
product at work, you know, and things, you know, and it just to kind of get the juices flowing a little bit, you know, and I'm wondering though, is, is the goal there? If, if I just think that's the thing that if that's doing it, it's like, I just keep hitting that gratitude play button and it's not, you know, it's trending down on the happiness meter. It used to be a 10. It's like, I just don't get it much out of it's nine. Now it's an eight. Now it's, you know, I think what's going on is the goal there then to the takeaway that to figure out something that is to there's releasing those chemicals maybe. And I, and I don't know, I'm asking you that. Yeah. Do you feel like that's what was happening or? Yeah, Cause it, it took me about 30 days of where there wasn't much of a change. I mean, for 30 days, okay, I was just doing it. Like it was just monotonous. Yeah. I was pushing play and going to sleep and then I waking see. up, pushing play and just going, okay. I don't know about 30 days in though. I noticed, I would wake up and I'd feel happy. Like I just would wake up and go. And you wanted to hear her voice. Yes. And I was excited and I was like, okay. And I'd push play and I'm like, all right. And I was getting more. Then I started, I started saying it with her because I had it like memorized. Okay. I was, I would be saying it with her, you know, and I'd be getting up, making my coffee and saying those affirmations. And I noticed it just all of a sudden I began to cultivate this attitude of gratitude from just subconsciously yeah. these habits. Yeah. And just got you on the right foot from the day. It, yes. So you could have walked right out of here and someone was laying on the horn. It you just it but matter. you started at a 10. It just like maybe knocked you down to an eight. But if you had started at a one, you'd right. have been in the negative and been like flipping them off or you know, you would have gone to the extreme. Interesting. Yeah. It's like just kind of it just kind of gave you the right reset in yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it just put me on on the right path, I think. Yeah. To realize I'm starting my day with all this affirmation and gratitude. Uh-huh. And like you said, yeah, I was at a 10 in the morning. So it didn't matter really what happened throughout the right. day. Maybe it hit a couple points off, but I was yeah. at a 10. Yeah. But early on, right after the divorce, I mean, I woke up at a three. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. And, and and throughout the day, it dropped down to a one. Yeah. And so, yeah, to then start at a 10, it's like, man, I'm ready to take on the day. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. So I got a flat tire. I, I got a car. Right. And, you know, <laughs> right. Like, who cares? Right. Like, it's fine. Well, it's an interesting point that you bring up. And, and I thought about this earlier and now you've hit on it again. Part of our Part of how we stumble upon happiness in the sense of skinning our knees or tripping upon it is comparison. Yeah, we we're that that is a big problem. That's a big one. And and even you know it even coming down to doing something like this lady that you liked or whatever, right? Like then someone else gives you another gratitude and you're like, yeah, but it's not Louisa or whatever her right. name is, yeah. you know? Yeah. And or whatever. And it's like that's I'm interested in your thoughts on that. I don't know necessarily where I'm going with it, but I also know that part of happiness and how we define it in our minds is that comparative factor and something, well, and maybe this is part of the takeaway. Don't beat yourself up for comparing something. Well, let me give you an example. Either you, talk, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or we talked about this off, but we talked about it today. And, and that was that we, Michelle and I talked about this early on after we got serious a little bit and started to, you know, come up on some of the complicated parts of being in a relationship when you're older, that it was like we realized that we were comparing our relationship now to what we thought feelings we should have had when we were 25 when we were dating. So when you put that and so it's like comes back to your point of, you know, I was projecting something on there. And so then when it didn't turn out, it was like the suffering set in and it was like, hang on. And it was like, even though we had something good, we're comparing it to a different time of our life. And the same thing happens when we 
think about the future, right? Like, you know, you always say to me, you know, the one thing that I wish would, you know, that I would like to improve in my life is just to be more financially secure, even though you're financially secure now and you pay the, you know, you just don't have this nest egg million dollars sitting out of the bank that I guess you're hoping that you have, because if you think that if you got it, then Timmy would think, oh, I'm financially, you know, but the feeling that you'd find something else then to be worried about, you know what I mean? And, and so we take that comparative factor, but we, what we don't do a good job of is putting ourselves in the present moment that we're having it, meaning we don't, we don't know who our present self is going to be. Right. So we're trying to like project happiness. If I can get that, then, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. well, Timmy, you, you got a million dollars now, but you're like, yeah, I know, but now I got cancer in the lung right. and you're, you're not happy again. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and I need 2 million and now I need 2 million, <laughs> right? It's always something that we're this carrot you described earlier and I think that was a big takeaway for me in, in a lot of ways. One, I, found, I find myself always, because we're Americans and you want to think I'm, you know, there's always opportunity for growth and be a better, we always are trying to look to the future of what it's going to be like when we hit X or get to this place yeah. or something. I've also realized that that's, not, that's a good thing, but it's also don't have these expectations that X is going to be the way you think it's going to be. But I also try to think, too, like what are the feelings that I'm having now about some relationship or something, am I projecting something that's just not realistic because right. you're not going to be 25? You kind of see where I'm going oh, absolutely. there. Absolutely. So the the book that really helped me, and we've talked about this book a lot, uh, our friend Eckhart Tolle, um, The Power of Now. Yes. That was a really pivotal book, a, an important book, a pivotal book in my journey. Instrumental. To, instrumental, thank you. Instrumental book in me really solidifying a day-to-day happiness quotient okay because i realize that often when we project into the future it's either a i want to project in the future by this time next year i'll have a million dollars right you get there you're like damn it i don't have it right or you project into the future like you know they're doing layoffs at work and what do we project into the future is i'm going to get laid off yes rather than no i'll be the one that they keep right so right the part of it is just your mindset. Yep. You know, it's like, well, I don't, if I try out for this, this baseball team, I'm a good baseball player, but if I project, well, I probably won't make it. They won't like me. Right. Well, you don't know that. Right. Like get your ass out there and just try right. and see what happens. Right. But in the power of now, he was saying just not to even do that, like live in the present. Yes. And if you're making proper decisions yeah. in the present and living each day, yeah. pres- you, you know, were invited being, to the tryout. Right. Be a gratitude, accept that right. for what it is. Just right. Live in the now. Yeah. You went up, you struck out. Accept that for what it is. All right. I got it. I, you know, I got to improve on what it right. is or whatever. Yeah. It's just like the, the trip that's to, a discipline that you really, that is a discipline, it, it, a that, spiritual look, discipline. It is. It is a spiritual discipline and it is something because, you know, the, the scriptures talk about it. It's yep. not wise to compare ourselves to others. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not. And so, like this weekend, I, like you said, I went to Eureka Springs. It was really, really a good time. But I went into it with, I said, you know what? Just right. no expectations. Right. If if it rained the entire time. Right. Whatever. Like it just, I, it, I just don't, I have no expectations. And what was cool is I had zero expectations. And so every awesome thing that happened, it exceeded my expectations because I had just leveled out the mm-hmm. expectations. I wasn't like, it's going to be this and it's going to be that. So how do we gonna- compare that to hopes then a little bit? Because I guess in my mind, I'm thinking... That was one of the things I struggled with with Eckhart Tolle was that, you know, he was like, accept the present moment, but yet 
I'm also wired and in, in our world, Western minds is that there's opportunity for improvement out there. And so it was like, if you're just dwelling on the future to dwell on it and all this drama is happening, then that's, that's, that's drama that you got to get rid of and just, uh, but if you're, if you're dwelling on the future, because you're allowing yourself to think about how do you get from a six to a seven to the next level, yeah. then that's different a little bit. So I guess I'm trying to understand like how, how do you balance that in, you know, relationships that you yeah. were imagining a, a little weekend visit to Eureka Springs, you know, you were probably thinking the sun's out. It's going to be hitting these trees, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's going it, to be beautiful. It's going to be a great time, whatever. But if it was raining, it would have been, that's a, that's a man, that's a real difficult dynamic. Cause how do you like kind of project of what hope, but yet you can't be, you got to also be realistic and know that it may not turn out like that. Right. And so then you don't want it to be debilitating if it doesn't turn out right. to be like that. I think it goes back to the daily activities, thinking about, uh, mm. think about fitness a lot. So let's just say you're a hundred pounds overweight okay. and you don't like it. And so it's making you unhappy. Okay. What I would say is, okay, you know that you're a hundred pounds overweight. Yep. You don't like that. Yep. And, and you know that you don't want to be that way. Yep. So if you start today or tomorrow, like whatever you said, tomorrow morning, I'm going to walk a mile. Right. That to me feeds into happiness. You still got the hundred pounds you need to lose. So you're still overweight, but you are actively pursuing and doing what will eventually help you achieve the right. hundred pound weight loss. Right. So that's what my affirmations were every day. I knew that just listening to it's like eating an apple. To, if I went and ate an apple today, boom, I'm not just healthy. <laughs> right. You know, it's an apple a day, every day, just yeah. like a Snickers a day, every day. Like it's, yeah. it's making Anytime we That's make a good speed. decision, anytime we make a <laughs> yeah. good decision on the majority, yes, it's going to give you a good result for me. Com it's like compound interest. Yes. Yeah, just you benefit just from the day before it's and the day before. Term, yes. right? you know, like I'm growing my hair out. Right. I knew it was going to be a two-year process, and I knew I was going to go through an ugly stage. But I was I was focused on just today. I'm not getting a haircut. I'm just going to keep growing. It's <laughs> yeah. just a day to day. Well, here I am now a year past and it's finally getting long. And I, yeah. but I'm still not done. Right. I got one more year to get it to where I really want it to be. And it's the same thing with with working out, with growing your hair or whatever, growing your beard. If you want yep. a big beard, like it just takes time. And I think people they want an instant. I want to eat the apple today and have right. fucking muscles tomorrow. Right. What the hell's wrong with right. this? Right. But it's like, think about it. You've been eating fucking McDonald's and Snicker bars and Twinkies <laughs> for 30 years. Right. You can't just eat an apple right. and just achieve happiness. Right. Yeah. I did one night of meditation and, and affirmations. Timmy, you're wrong. Right. I'm still upset. Right. No, it's every yeah. day. Do it. It's a discipline. That's why I think I like that stumbled upon. But it's, well, I also, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but it's not just like you accidentally, you're just no. walking and you just trip over it. Right. It really is an outflow yes. of, if you love the outdoors, then here's what I would say. Get your ass outdoors. Yeah. That is key to you having yeah. a happy life. If yes. you value spirituality, yeah. get yourself in a spiritual community. Yes. Like you have to. Yeah. If you enjoy the company of people get around people yeah you know if you enjoy exploring new things and go explore right like those if because it's like these things make me happy or i know that these things will make me happy and then you notice sometimes people like they're not doing those things right they value fitness but they don't work out right they value outdoors but they sit and watch tv all day it's like wait, what, wait, well what? it's it's fast <laughs> it's interesting to me you're you're hitting on it because 
I think, well, a couple things. I think one that you, you got to understand how you're wired, right? That's what you were saying. Like, like you, you're, you're not going to be happy if, if you're an introvert and, and you're trying to seek happiness by going in these big crowd, like that's just, you know, you're like, yeah, it's counterintuitive. It's an anti-pattern. You're not going to get the energy that you need from that. So you got to understand how you're wired. And it comes back to when you were describing the whole fitness thing, right? Like, you, and that's the reason, one of the reasons that I liked his book that was a little bit of a deeper dive into happiness. There's two sides of it. There's kind of one understanding how the cogs in the wheel work and the systems. Yeah. And then there's the output of things like tactically you can do, like you were saying, the gratitude, understanding, like if you like being in the outdoors, then get out in the outdoors. If, if you know that you're someone that kind of needs a little bit more vitamin D or sun and it's you've been inside, get out and take a walk or, you know, yeah. but you've got to understand how you personally are wired. But you've also got to understand how the happiness just derived in a human and, and, and created, right? Like, you know, I come back to your system or your example of the uh, the abs, you know, many people would you get on Reddit and they'll ask, you know, or wherever these, you know, forums and they'll say, you know, how do I get six pack abs? The people that do it immediately where six pack abs are they're made in the kitchen. And it, you're like, it's a record scratch for most people like what? what? And the whole point is, is that. If you think that, you know, if, if, if you got to lose 100 pounds and you don't understand how the body loses weight, you could be out hustling, working out and doing everything. But if you haven't changed your eating patterns, right. then you're not going to get the results. So part of it is, is twofold, I feel like. There's the action and there's also the understanding of how the system yeah, works. The and it's the yeah. knowledge of, right? And it's like they take it takes both sides of that coin in order to really get the results that you want yeah. you don't have to be a scientist or have a doctoral degree in it phd but you need to have a, a little bit of an understanding or seek out others to say you know hey i'm struggling with this and let them kind of walk you through it a little bit yeah yeah there's that uh, quote that people say you know knowledge is power and then i heard someone else maybe anthony robbins or tony robbins that tells you how old i am he's going by anthony <laughs> yeah. robbins but tony robbins i think said it's that's it's knowledge that's acted upon. That's the power, right? It's like right. knowing, being knowledgeable, knowledgeable about diet, nutrition, and exercise is a start, but that ain't going to do anything for you just to know it. Right. You have to do it. You have to live it. You know, right. you have to participate. Right. And so I think there's that, the action part is where people get lost. You know, if, if you were to ask, ask someone who's overweight, how do you think you should eat in order to be healthier? They could probably tell you like, well, probably less fast yeah. food, no right. sugar, no right. you know, yeah. they could probably give you like drink more water, quit drinking all the Mountain Dew, <laughs> but yet they're doing the very things that are leading to the unhappiness. Right. Like right. it's, it's a very it's, interesting. It's that quote I bring up. I, I love it. It's I, hopefully I get it right. It's something like, what are the things that you, uh, what are the things that you're doing that make you complicit to bring about the results that you say you don't want? I probably got yes, the things, right, right. but it's that idea that it's like in the way that they ask it, it's kind of like, yeah, what am I, what am I doing to that are anti-pattern that, that, you know, I'm complicit in doing right. that's bringing about the, the exact opposite that I want. And a lot of times I know the eating thing's an easy one, but a lot of times on happiness, it can be, it is subjective and it, it can, you got to look a few layers deep sometimes to kind of understand maybe what's going on, yeah. which I think is also important, sure. which comes back to your whole journaling and sometimes hearing the gratitude and things like that. Sometimes those exercises themselves uncover, unsurface some of the, the deeper things that are going on that might be stumbling blocks a little bit to what maybe you're not 
you're not getting to. Sure. And I think there's also this piece where, and again, this is just a, a personal frustration when I'm coaching people. It's like if I'm talking to, you know, I'm coaching a guy that's, let's just say short, you know. Right. And he, he's really upset about being short and thinks it's hindering him and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it, it always shocks me because I'm like, okay, you can't change that. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> right. five foot five. Right. You're going to be five. You're going to be five foot yeah. five for the rest of your life. Right. You so may you actually might, get older and be a little shorter. That's right. You might be five, three by the time <laughs> yeah. you're. So you, you, this is just, you need to make that mental adjustment because I know a lot of short guys that get women all the time oh, or have a beautiful woman. Like, yeah. So clearly that's not yes. a deal, but you've made it a deal for you Good point. Yep. and it's even a bigger deal and it, you're projecting that for sure. And yep. women are going to notice that you're short because yes. you're, you've got the short man's complex. Exactly. So I always say this, if it's something you can't change then just accept it. It mm. just is, is what it is right. and don't be upset about it. Right. So that, you know, that I think that's just a mental, a mental thing. You got to be able to have some mental strength just to go, well, no, I'm five, five. That's just what it is. And that, right. Boom. It's, in, it's interesting. As you were saying, I'm wondering for me and I'm curious about you. Do you feel like that we're halfway, you know, in this century at the century mark here at fifties, do you feel like you're, happier now than you were when you were younger yeah. and i've and i've got Ooh, two thoughts here thought. yeah the, and here's and the reason i'm saying that is because in my mind and i'm curious what your thoughts are on this because in my mind i think i'm happier in some ways because i've let some of the drama stuff go for example when you were describing you know some things that you know i'm redhead redheaded you know i'm i'm i don't tan you know, it doesn't mean that you I'm burn. I, yeah, and I stop, but it's not like I'm just pasty white. You know what I mean? And but it's like when I went to the pool when I was younger, I was very self conscious of that because you know, and it's like I'm not gonna get. It's like I'm never gonna change that. Right. There's nothing that's gonna change no, the fact. Yeah. So you know, so there's that. So when I because one day you just became a redhead. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, we've learned that from other, you know. Right, there's a great example of how we look back in our past, and it, maybe it wasn't exactly the way we thought it was. We, we, our brain does a lot of filling in. Yeah. But I also look, but I'm, but now I'm okay. I go to the pool and I'm fine. And I realize it's like I'm not like, oh my gosh, you know, they're all going to be like, what the hell is that redhead doing over? You know what I mean? Put yeah. a shirt on, Whitey. You know, whatever. I'm just like okay with who I am because I've experienced yes. it. So there's that part of you could name a hundred things, right? That right. you're okay with that. But then there's also like, there's a lot of experiences that you have when you're younger that are new. And part of one of the things that we know how the brain kind of uh, characterizes things as being happy is because of variety and things like that. So you, you know, the, the, the novelty or the newness curve, it doesn't mean that it has to, but sure. it, it, it curves, it kind of, you know, starts to plateau off a little bit. I don't want to use sure. the word plateau, but it's not a steep curve like it was when you're smaller. Sure. When you're a young child, everything's new to you and everything. Right. And it starts even so it's it's always commensurate with your age. So there's that part of like you're not maybe well, and this is interesting, it brings us in the book. A lot of times when you get older, things that brought you happiness when you were younger was because you didn't necessarily understand all the workings yes. behind them. So they were a little bit of a mystery and mystery brings happiness. Yeah. And later on in life, they're not, you're not as happy with the same things because you're like, but I know how that magic trick works. It's right. not as cool anymore. That food didn't just appear on the table. Right. My dad was working his butt off to go yes. buy that. 
and I mean, think about that. The, this, the responsibility of that's one reason why I really love being more of a minimalist at, at this stage in my life is the more stuff can kind of stress me out. Yeah. Like when I think about having a you know big house and a bunch of stuff to keep track of, that kind of stresses me out. So you were, you were saying, you know, are you happier now? Or do yeah. you think, and of course you're making that general question for everybody, even listening, like yes. when you think back to childhood happiness and, you know, I, I, I was, I think I've pretty much lived a somewhat blissfully happy life. You know, I like when I think back to my childhood, um, you know, was, was happy and, you know, mm-hmm. I had food, I had shelter, I had parents that loved me and mm-hmm. thought I was, you know, when someone asks special. you, they say, do you, you know, look back on your life and happy or, are you think, are you thinking more in just a generalized view of it or are you, th- are, are certain experiences coming to your mind? You know, I, that's why that's ask such great questions. I, I just remember, like, I remember school. So I used to, <laughs> I used to pee the bed. I was a, I was a, I was a bedwetter until I was like, uh, seventh or eighth grade. So I was a late. Okay. Right. So Um, 12, 13 or something. I'm a great lover. I think is what I've heard. No, I don't know that. (laughs) So I, that's psychological immunity, right? It's like with the bed, but I've, but I think I read somewhere the bedwetters are great lovers. It's whatever you tell yourself. Right. right? I mean, why are you so happy? Right. Because everything has turned to be what makes you happy. But I, so I wetted the bed. And I remember some very uncomfortable situations, like spend the night at a friend's house and I wet the bed and oh, I so, so, okay. so embarrassed. I remember his mom came down and was pulling the sheets off and right. put a fan on the bed. It was spraying. I just remember feeling so like just very embarrassed yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. And, but, but I, but I also just, when I think about, I just had good friends. We were living life uh-huh. and I didn't have a care or worry. Right. I, I knew, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, Here's what's interesting because I know that kids have, there's more depression, more all that stuff in kids' lives. And I really do think it has a lot to do with social media because I didn't, there was no comparing anything to anyone except for my few friends that lived yeah. in my neighborhood. Right. Oh, yeah. I good. had no idea what was going on with all the other kids right. in the world. Right. I just knew me and Fred and Michael and yeah. Ricky. Like yeah. we just, yeah. we went and rode our BMX bikes and we're looking right. for jumps and curves yeah. we could bunny hop over. Life was so, so simple. Yep. And so, yeah, I was just blissfully happy. And it wasn't until you start, I think the more you learn, the more you're like, oh, wait, should I not be happy? Like, it was almost like, oh, wait, I, I, was I living more mid, you know, uh, blue collar life? Like, oh, I see. I was really happy living in apartments most of my life. Like, did, did you, did that happen though? You're saying, because then you, your world expanded and you were like, wait, they've got a big old house. I'm living in an apartment. What, like, yeah, what? you just start uh, a comparison. Okay. Like, okay. You start going, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, this is what it's like to have a pool in your backyard. Yeah. Like, I thought I had a pool in That's, my apartment complex. I was happy with yeah. that. It's you just start. Expanding. And most of your, all those friends you named earlier, you're all going to be kind of around the same socioeconomic yeah. class. So the comparison is going to be similar. Yeah. Very interesting. Cause, cause I just reconnected with a good friend of mine, Adam Thompson. Hello, Adam. If you're listening, he said he listens to the podcast. So he lives in Roanoke, Virginia. He and I were elementary school best friends. 
We rode BMX, BMX bikes together. I still have that BMX bike actually downstairs in the storage. So he and I used to ride BMX bikes all around the apartment complex where we lived, man. We were, I, we were blissfully happy living the dream. Right. I, I, all my friends lived in the apartment complex. I had no yeah. idea there was a, yeah. you know, that you could have friends with houses and like multiple right. rooms. And, right. and, uh, I even shared a bedroom with my sister, not once I got in junior high, but like elementary yeah. school. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't know that that I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. like, this is what you, this yeah. is how people live. Yeah. I had loving, adoring parents that, that made me feel like I had everything in the world now again we were raised i was raised religious so you know god the god of the universe mm -hmm. thought i was special so that made me feel special you right know, i think right. there's some things that i find a lot of benefit from sure uh where i was blissfully like well i'm god's creation yeah. i mean god put me yeah. on this planet for a reason yep like i mean right. what is there to not be happy about right. i'm god's child yeah that's and so great. i think that was drilled into me enough that by the time i could start comparing probably i had a little bit of that you know that complex of well i'm you know god i'm a god's child yeah so i'm special right and, and it wasn't like i'm more special than anybody else it was just i'm i'm special everybody's special we're all god's children you right know? which and, that that uh innocence created a little bit of the happiness behind that feeling right yeah but it's like later when you start to dig into it a little bit and you're kind of like you start questioning things it starts to kind of you know tarnish the happiness a little bit like that's it that's the, that's college. an unfortunate fact in life that yeah. just you wish didn't have to happen it what happened to me is all of a sudden i i had a friend that was my age and he got a really good job and started having a lot of money and was buying a good car but all of a sudden i was like man well i I'm making minimum wage. Yeah. Like, what, like what, what's wrong with me? Right. So I think it does go back to all of a sudden my comparison. I started yeah. comparing myself. And then, of course, you know, I went to seminary. So after seminar, yep. college, Bible college, you know, you start a church and, you know, well, his church, he started exact. his church. And right. now he's running 200 people. I only have 50 right. people. What's wrong and with me? And I listen me? to his messages and I'm a better pastor. You know, I, you know. Yeah. yeah. You just start comparing. Man, and it, It's looking. interesting. The more we talk about this, the more I just that comparative feature is really, and it's, it's, it kills you. It man. kills you. And it, 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 it also, it's the, you gotta be, you gotta know where you're at. Yeah. So if you're struggling with something like, you know, whatever, like you gotta, you gotta know maybe then that you, you know, you're going to put yourself in another situation. Are you going to be comparing yourself? Like if you realize that's the thing, cause I'm thinking back to you, I love your example of when you guys were younger yeah. and that is you, your world was small, so you didn't have, and so everybody knows their world's going to expand and broaden, which does grow you. Sure. It's one of the, you know, when you go on a missions trip, right? It's like, you think yeah. we're going down there and we're going to win all these people to Jesus. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're going to go down there and you're going to be the one changed that realizes that That's the world, exactly. you know, so you thought you were going to change all their lives. No, they, they changed, changed your you. life, you know, yep. and that's the whole point, you know, but you miss that because, but you broaden your world no matter what it is. And there's a fine line between, how that can become debilitating or energizing, yeah. you know, and it's, you gotta be careful there because I mean, I, one of my youth pastor growing up, he always said to me, this is before I went to seminary, you know, long before I've been thinking about it. He always say, you know, I could tell you there's files that I have in here and show you surveys where people, when they've expanded their knowledge, they've, they've, 
become more liberal or they don't believe in God as much, you know? <laughs> and I was like thinking, I was like, and I always remember that because I was like, I went to seminary and I'm like, I feel like I've grown more in my knowledge of God, which, but I, but now I've pivoted a little bit in my own journey. And I'm like, the more that I have questioned things and the more that my journey has broadened, that innocence is gone, that I'm just believing in something like Jesus walked on water or Balaam's donkey talked or something. You know what I mean? Like the mystery of it kind of propelled the divinity of it or the, you know, whatever that, uh, that word is. And so then you start digging into it a little bit more and it's like, maybe that's not the way it works. And I think this whole study on happiness is one of the things in my own journey, because even though it's a, it's very nuanced to happiness, it just taught me that the brain does a lot of filling in and a lot of gymnastics, a lot of gymnastics with things, right. To help you understand Balaam's donkey. It's like, you wouldn't believe that if anyone else ever said that to you, but yet you think it's literal interpretation of the text, you know, right. Right. So there's just like, but it's that whole broadening expanding of your world that it's, that can be, can be a dangerous thing to do if yeah. you, you know, it's like your maturity level has to be commensurate with how ex- broad your world's getting a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And I know for me, the, the point of, so the one other time that I remember struggling to maintain my happiness was, it was after I planted the church, um, back in 2003. Okay. And the church had somewhat plateaued. We kind of hit that 300 people mark and it was like, we just couldn't really break through that. Yeah. You know, we'd have, we'd have a huge Easter service and have six, uh, 587 people, I think is what we had. So I would say 600. Steve Janke uh, calls that resistance in the technical analysis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there was resistance there, right. mm-hmm. but you know, and, and I would go to a conference, which is supposed to pump oh, you up. Okay. I never got really pumped up at these conferences. I was going and finding that everybody, quote unquote, everybody else was just blowing through this barrier. They were blowing through the resistance and it led me to going, what's wrong with me? Mm, Am I not good enough of a teacher? Am I not savvy enough? And then you go, and then this is where it's really fucked up. You start saying, you know, is God, why is God resisting me? Why is yeah. God not breathing on me or giving this mm-hmm. to me? Or, you know, and, and then he's I, probably thinking, I've given you the 300 people that I need most to be there. And you're, but right. you're like, I'm not effective if it's not 500, right. if it's not 700. Right. I mean, so a, a lot of people would be dying to have oh. 300 people. Well, the average church is 80 exactly. people. Exactly. You know? so, so, yeah. Yes. So, and, and I remember during that time, I had a lot of smaller churches that had been going for 10, 15 yep. years. Call, the pastors were calling me, this young tattoo yep. pastor, and wanting to find out what I was doing. How did I come to Kansas City and start this church and within two years have 300 yeah. people? They were freaked out by it. But I was like, 300? Like, I'm not doing jack shit. My <laughs> right. friend over here started a year ago down in Atlanta. He's got a 1,000 people in yeah. his first year. Yeah. And so, you know, it's all of this game of comparison. But I'll never forget just remembering this feeling of when I get to this you know, when I have a thousand people, then I'll be happy. Or when I have this much money coming in, or when I have this happening and there was always this discouragement in me. And then it come, then this is, this is all uh, the same story. I remember some of the downfall of these big ministers and ministries happening. And I remember there was this one guy, I won't name, name his name. I know him. He's a good dude, but he had a big fall 
and he had a church like 10,000 people. And I, and I know him personally Mm -hmm. and you know, here he was involved in some really shady shenanigans. (laughs) And I remember like going to God in prayer and I was like, God, so I'm living so in my mind. Now, this yeah. is me, right? I'm like, I'm living so pure. I'm I'm doing yeah. this. I'm reading the Bible. I'm praying. I'm right. fasting. I'm right. you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm preaching your word. Yeah. And this guy's over here, you know, yeah. fucking prostitutes, and he's got yeah. ten thousand people. Yeah. How the fuck is this fair? So yeah. I'm gonna live pure. Yeah. And I get three hundred people. And this guy's gonna fuck prostitutes and get a <laughs> ten thousand people. And I never forget. I called one of my friends. He was a pastor. I called one of my friends down in Oklahoma, and after this big downfall happened, and I said, "Yeah, I guess now what I got, what I'm realizing is church growth involves sleeping with <laughs> prostitutes." <laughs> And of course it was a joke and he, we yeah. were laughing about it. And I said, you know, I said, man, I'm just frustrated. Yeah. I said, I feel like, I feel like I need to fucking be involved in some shenanigans to, to, well, I don't know, stir the pot to get some exciting going on right. because here I am right. quote unquote yeah. know, doing, thinking I'm doing everything right. right. God's not blessing. God's you. not blessing me. Look, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, of course I, I don't believe in any of that theological perspective yeah. anymore. I don't think God actually blesses some people and doesn't bless other people. I think I believe in karma in the sense of, you know, do right things long enough and you'll be blessed. I don't think it's, I don't think that literally all the people that make good stock decisions are just (laughs) blessed by God. You know, it's no, they're fucking just smart and savvy with stocks or they get fucking lucky. Yeah. All right. I mean, so, so I think it's the same with church growth. When I see someone that has a, a, a fast growing church, it, you go, oh, they, they have good systems, good structure. He's a fucking unbelievable communicator. Yeah. He's a great business mind. I mean, hello, yeah. this guy could run a fucking five, right. Fortune 500 company. Right. It's not that he's just gifted by God. Right. He's just got a yeah. gift yeah. and, and he happens to be using it for this, this right. thing. Right. You know, and so sometimes it's like, it's like with singers. We've talked about this, I think, never on the podcast, but, you know, I know, I know a lot of very gifted musicians like Lance off the charts gifted mm-hmm. and they can't fucking get a gig. I mean, they, they struggle, they struggle. And then you have other, you know, people that, yeah. you know, famous people that you're like, they're not all that good. Right. But somehow the stars align for them. Yeah. And now they're playing right. in front of crowds of 50,000 people. And so I, you know, so I, I life think isn't always fair. It's really not Lance. I, I think I've, it's just not. And so and we and it sounds to me like if I'm picking up what you're saying and that is the problem happens when you don't understand that you then become you start making up story the psychological aspect of your mind starts starts cooking the facts sometimes to the opposite effect where it's like you're you're doing something wrong or you're not doing your end of the deal or something you know yeah. but it it, it's not accepting just the facts of what they are back to your, what your point was earlier a little yeah. bit. I think I, as you were saying that it, I wrote this down, I think happiness is all perspective. Oh, spot on. I, I think it's perspective. I, I think to tease that out a little so more. Happiness is look, we said this earlier. Happiness isn't a thing, a place, uh, uh, an ownership or a creation or what, happiness is what we decide it's it's a perspective if 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 i said okay lance i don't know what your perspective is on on happiness but let's say it was you know it's it's a yeah. four car it's a four bedroom house it's yeah. a it's a this it's this, this this okay 
And if you have all those things, then there may be a, some level of happiness. But if I said, listen, let's do this. Let's redefine happiness. How about happiness is this? You're healthy. You have food in the refrigerator that has a window that you can see into the refrigerator. It, if, uh, if, if you tap <laughs> if on you it, tap on it. Um, <laughs> you, you, you have a wife, beautiful yeah. wife. Yep. You have healthy children. You have a good job. Right. Like if, if that's, if that's, well, well then why, if that's your perspective and that's your barometer for happiness, well, you're at a fucking 10, you, you you're know, full on happy. It, it, I feel you're just saying that it makes me think we've, we've confused the object with the experience or something that it brings us. Meaning it's like the form versus function argument, right? It's we we've we're, we get, we get caught up in how much money we can make without, but realizing that the money is just a means toward getting you, allowing you to have some experiences. Right. It's the experiences that bring you happiness, yeah. which is why the person who is dirt poor can have happiness. Yep. And the person who's a millionaire can have happiness because it's the experiences that those bring, you know, and I, it's, it's interesting. It's like, that comes back to what we we're saying earlier. If you understand that and that's how your mind works, it allows you to get to a better place. I feel like, because you're not chasing the wrong carrot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Meaning that, if it's if I go back and I'm like if I can get to a four bedroom house and I can have all and and then you you maybe you get all that and your marriage dissolves and it was hell, you maybe then rethink things and you're kind of like what do I want? Well, I I want someone I'm attracted to, but I also want just as much someone that's that's easy going with that I flow with nicely. Yeah. I never would have thought of that when I was you know younger. I would have thought if we get married we're gonna flow like you know just some of the things or no more that I know me like. I kind of think off the cuff and, and that can get me in trouble. Sometimes I need someone that's not going to be overreactive to that. You know, yeah. Michelle's not, and it's like, there's things that there's because it's the experience of me saying something and then it falling on the wrong at the wrong angle and it getting sideways on me that I've got to, you know, I'm like, Oh, this is bad. Like we're in an argument now it's experience. Yes. Right. And it's like, I, I look back on it and it's like all the, the moments that I ascribe to happiness are usually around more of experiences when, but yet the way I describe it is more around things or, or hierarchies that I'm trying to achieve at. Yeah. Well, thinking about this, like not to keep talking about Eureka Springs, maybe we should get them to sponsor our podcast sponsored by <laughs> Eureka Springs. So Cabo or Cabo, Cabo, yeah, Cabo. versus Eureka Springs. Right. Like, like Eureka Springs is just as happy to me as Cabo, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, I've never been to Cabo, but right. It it's if only Cabo's gonna bring you joy and you don't have that kind of money, well, you 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 better figure out a way that Eureka Springs can make you happy. Because if you can't, if if it's if it's something again, the carrot out in front of you, if it's like I I want a Bentley, which I do, like I would love to have a Bentley, but what do I drive instead? I drive a Lexus. Mm -hmm. So I mean it's still nice. Yeah. Right. It's not a Bentley, but it's still nice. Right. So like Eureka Springs versus Cabo. But think about it. When you said Eureka Springs versus Cabo, my mind immediately went to, I'm surprised that you in your mind don't think Cabo because you like, when you described, I described it earlier, what was happening is what did you say? I get up in the morning, I go down to the beach. Oh yeah. We're no beach in Eureka Springs. No. So that makes me say, what is really makes Timmy happy? Yeah. That's when you go a layer deeper and you say, it's not so much the beach, it's 
what Timmy Enter. feels like oh, when yeah. he's at the beach. And you can feel that same thing by sitting out on yes. the deck looking over a lake in Eureka Springs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The the beauty of some of the places that we hiked and everything, it it was magical. I'll show you the pictures here in a minute after we get off here. Just breathtakingly mm -hmm. beautiful. You know, you're looking down in this right. huge valley and there's this fog over the trees. I mean, it was just beautiful. Yeah. And something yeah, you wouldn't see in Cabo. No, no, you wouldn't <laughs> see that in Cabo. So yeah, it's it is it is a matter of perspective. It so again for everyone listening, for you and me, mm -hmm. no matter where you are, what you are, what you weigh, how much money you make, where you live, you can be happy. Yes, it it you it, you got to define it. You got to you know there might, there might be some work that needs to happen and some daily activities to kind of nudge you in the in the right direction. Um, but I'm a big proponent of. Happiness is about perspective and and you got to define it for yourself. And just like the thing about being five foot five and being happy with it, you know, if, if your perspective on happiness is having lots of money and you don't have lots of money, I would challenge anyone that would say that and say, well, you might need to change that perspective. Right. Like you might need to work on finding ways that you can achieve that same Thing that you think you would get yes. from having yes. the Cabo right. experience in Eureka Springs. Exactly. How can I go? How can you be happy going to Eureka Springs? Man, I go to Cabo. I can't imagine. I would never right. go to Eureka Springs. Well, 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 but it's, it's, and, it's and what it, I've got out of it. And it, it ought to, we, that, that, as you were talking, it just makes me think that tells me that it's happiness is something that's kind of not pushed down, implied on us from something outside of ourselves because the person who's slumming it in India on, you know, is, a little kid it could be just as happy as a child that lives in Leewood over here. And he's got a pool with a slide, you know, yeah. but because they're it's so in, in, it's, I think you make a great point. It's like, if you've got to figure out like what it is with where you're at in life, because if, if it's always like when I, then that's going to become a problem. But we, we know from experience that there are other people that don't have a slide in the pool. No one in the whole country has a slide or a pool and their happiness is way off the charts compared to where we are. Yeah. I would say that people, I mean, I'm sure there's studies out there that show that people in the U S are much less happier than other countries. And we probably have far more than those other. And so that ought to tell you something that, you've gotten some wires crossed there and you're chasing the wrong thing. You talked about finding, you know, how going on a mission trip helps yeah. you more than it helps the people. I'll never forget. I remember going to Mexico, helping to build an orphanage, you know, mm -hmm. and Lance, I'm telling you, man, it fucked with my head because here I am, you know, from America, right. Have all this stuff. Right. And I show up and hear these kids, man, they're like playing, they're happy, Laughing, they're dancing, yeah. they're kicking the ball around. They have a little fucking shack that like 12 of them live in there. Uh -huh. and, and the potty is out back, a hole in the ground, and they have no running water, and they're happy. Yeah. And oh my God, it fucked with me. It just like it wrecked me. Yeah. Because I remember I remember thinking, how are they happy? How are they so happy? And that's yeah. when I really it really solidified for me. I have nothing to be unhappy about. Right, right. I have nothing to be unhappy about. I get to take a shit indoors. I get to flush that stuff. I get to then wash my hands in a, you know, I can put a cup under my sink and get fresh drinkable water. Right. I can open up this little 
cold box in my kitchen and pull out food. Yeah. What is there to be unhappy about? Right. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing for me to be unhappy about. And so you're right, man. When I went to Mexico, man, dude, it, it, it impacted me and you're right. It, I didn't do shit for those people, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, kick the ball around with them and all that kind of stuff. You know, like you said, shared the gospel with them or whatever, but I came back changed. Mm -hmm. Like it really made a huge impact on my perspective Mm. about what is happiness. Yeah. Because, because you were doing a, you had a really comparative situation going on there. Yeah. You know that, yeah, it's really a, this, this podcast, we always say, you know, it's like we tee up these topics. We're just doing it for ourselves. You know, I mean, I look at myself and I think, you know, where are these things now that, that I've got to, you know, that I've, I'm going to be content. I've got to be, you know, grateful. Like you said, I appreciate it. Like, like, I love that you said, but it's like, it's this, when I, it's like when the comparative aspect, which is not a bad thing, like, but it can become very quickly a very unhealthy thing, you know? And it's like, I've got to start digging down to figure out what is, but it's any time that, you know, kind of, talk walking through this anytime now for me it's like i get that feeling of you know when i get x or if it's anything that's that's i don't have now that it's i'm i can feel myself inside ascribing happiness to it it just me that to me is the trigger then for me to say all right i need to dig it up what do i think that is going to make me happy. I mean, that's what all commercials sure. do, right? right? They don't tell you anything about the car. Right. They just show you that this is the way you'll feel when you're in this car. Right. But it's like, and so they're helping you imagine it, but it's like any of that, right? It's like, I have to think, like Michelle always says to me, um, you know, she wants to move back to Lawrence, moving back to Lawrence, you know, like, you know, it's, it's so, you know, and I'm like, but, you know, she wouldn't want to hear this, but, she's imagining maybe something about a time in her life that she was living in Lawrence. One, she lived there when she was in college. So that's a completely different time of your life, but she's moved back and she moved back after the divorce. She has a lot of pride and get back on her own feet. She had her own place, all those things. It may be a different experience with Lance and Michelle moving back to Lawrence and Timmy moving in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Here's something I think that's, that's it. it, And that might get me excited about moving to Lawrence. (laughs) Timmy, I didn't imagine that, but that sounds fun. (laughs) And Michelle's thinking that will sound fun. Sounds so great. So something you said really brought this up. So I think when we talk about comparisons, yeah, and this is just my spin on it. Cause when you were saying, I was like, okay, how, where can, where can that be a positive? And where I try to take comparisons, like for us, we're doing podcasts, yeah. we know other people that do yeah. podcasts and, and I, we always think ours that, are better. They got, right. Ours <laughs> is the best. And you know, I hear about their downloads or, you know, how many yeah. how successful they are and all that stuff. And I'm genuinely happy for them. Right. Yes. And then there is a little bit of that. I feel that, that comparison, like, well, man, they just started yesterday and they got his better. Right. So then in my mind, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want to become unhappy about this because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and what, you know, what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Rather than comparing myself and making myself upset, how about I look at what they're doing and learn from it? Yes. Like, okay. Oh, that's what they do. So they do a lot more promo. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. Why they tag that? Oh, they did this. So rather than comparing, I try to go, join. what can I, exactly. How can I uh, learn from them? Yeah grab some of their ideas and go, well, that I never thought about. Yes. That. That's a good idea. Yes. And, and that's helped me because yeah, that's I, great. I, I can be bad about the comparison game. Um, 
And that's helped me to not be unhappy about someone else's success, but to go, okay, that, that was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, it comes back to kind of to your gratitude thing. I mean, it's a slightly different angle on that, but, but it's a little bit of just seeing the, seeing the beauty and the value in what they're doing, as opposed to, you know, this, I'm getting the short end of the stick type of thing, right. you know? All the yeah. Time. And that definitely leads to sad bad. Yes. when you, you know, well, yeah, they're just stupid. They just dumb luck. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. When you start doing that shit, that leads to yeah. unhappiness. I think for sure. What, what's your, what's your takeaway, uh, from this? I think tactically or, or yeah, you know, my takeaway is there has to be some daily uh, activities that once you define happiness, I think that's the first, first thing is you got to define your happiness. Like, what is it for you that you think would make you happy? Right. You know, is she German? Is she Brazilian? Is right. she English? <laughs> right. You know what, what's going to make you happy. And then from there begin moving in that direction. You know, if like, mm. I would be happy mm -hmm. if I was fit. Okay, then. Yeah. You, that means you should start working yeah. out, eating right. Like, and but I don't have it so defined that if, if, if you don't look at, like, have a picture on the wall that's like, I'm not going to be happy until I look like that. Exactly. Realize no, right. that the future may be a little unformed. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. And realizing things take time. Yes. And I was very methodical. You know, I knew. Just like running a marathon, it, you don't start like, I'm not going to run a marathon next week and like, I'm going to go run 12 miles right now. Right. Bye. Like, no, no, I'm going to run a mile. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, run right. a mile and a half. Right. And then two miles. But within, you know, within yeah. three to six months, I could actually run a marathon and not yep. die. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with happiness. If you're feeling not happy now, you probably won't feel happy tomorrow. No. Just, you know, but. If you but you'll probably do, feel happy the fact that you took a step. That's it. Yeah. That that's that's my takeaway. Okay. Take a step in the right direction, and within time, you will literally wake up one day and be like, "I I'm happy." And it's just because it's been this daily thing, yeah. and you just eventually reach that goal, and then you got to continue to do those things, right? Well, like it's like businesses that get real successful, and then they get away from all the things right. they did at the beginning to get them to reach that. It's like they forget all that. It's like, no, no, right. no. Go back to treating your customers great. Like, go back to all the basics right. so that you can succeed. Right. All right. Let's shut this thing down and go look at our downloads. Let's go. Let's go see what Stacy's doing. Let's right. Go see what, what these other Jennifer's podcasts doing. are. Right. <laughs> so, will they be happy or depressed? <laughs> so, little teaser, Lance, Lancey, Lancey. Yeah. So, I interviewed a girl named Jennifer. I'm not going to give out her full information yet. <laughs> she's a big time online TikTok sensation. What? Dude, I love I guess TikTok. She had like an Instagram. She, oh, I, she's, I got it. After the show, you got to tell me. Oh yeah. She had like a hundred thousand followers. Damn oh, yeah. her. I know. Damn her. So we're just not good. God doesn't love us. Well, we don't have boobs and beautiful, I know. you know, yeah. long blonde hair. Right. So, but she's an internet. She's a real internet, internet sensation. sensation. Yeah. She's really a, a, a social media Kid sensation influencer. Yep. I guess you'd say. Yeah. And she let little old me. Well, Timmy Joe Inter Gibson. Yeah, a little, do a little interview today. And so I heard it. I heard you said it went really. Yeah. I'm excited to hear it, about it. It actually was, it was very good. I, 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 throughout the conversation, she started asking me questions. I'm mm -hmm. like, damn, this girl's like a psychologist. She's like digging into my life. Um, but that one will be coming out Friday. Okay. And I'm really excited to, and it was, we talked for over two hours. Oh, wow. And I honestly, if anything else, I learned a lot about me. And learned a lot about, got a lot of feedback about some of the things on dating that I mm -hmm. wrestle with. 
and it's a it's an insightful podcast. So uh, you know, probably not as good as what you and I do on Mondays. Well, of course not. But it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, of course not. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for joining. Yeah, it's, it's been good a good topic. Good, yeah, it was yeah. a good topic. Thanks I always for feel coming with all the notes. Yeah, good I always Lord. feel good when I walk out of here with something for myself. Yeah, you know, just that's not selfish, a but takeaway. a little takeaway. Yeah, well, I yeah. always get a takeaway. Oh, you know, absolutely. You know, you're such a thoughtful, thought provoking dude, and you ask great questions. Everybody says that they're like, I mean, I really like Lance. He he has great <laughs> questions. I'm like, I know. Oh uh, well, so, thank you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. All right, brother. Have all a right. good week. Yeah, you too, man.